This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chaz, do you know what this sound is? The sound of health and wellness. The sound of our sponsor for today's show. It's made completely possible by Athletic Greens. They are, of course, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition super simple. It's actually a 20-second process to hit optimal health, Chaz. I'll tell you what, I've been hitting optimal health in my morning for the last, I don't know, how long have I been on the Athletic Greens program, David Lee? A year? Six months, a year, yeah, I don't know. And I'll tell you, it never gets old. The taste of health in the morning, my body craves it and sets me off. And now that I'm starting to train, now that I have something to fight for, uh, I need it even more. You really do. I'd say the older you get, the more you need it. And if people rewind this podcast three years, it was all conversations about cigarettes and booze. Yep. My, how the times have changed. Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com. By the way, They've revamped all their branding. They've updated the formula. AG1 is the current formula. It's still 75 minerals, nutrients, uh, vitamins, but it's all whole food sourced ingredients. So imagine organic all those too. whole foods, organic, keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, dairy-free, vegan, made in New Zealand to the highest standards. So Think of all those whole foods, just crushed up, pulverized, put into a powder. It's even stuff that you wouldn't put into your diet. If you were trying to have a healthy diet, you probably would overlook mushroom complex. You might overlook adaptogens. You'd have probiotics, but they'd probably be dairy-based. This is dairy-free probiotics, all in one scoop. And if you're buying multivitamins, all that stuff, you have to think about that. You have to remember it. You have to remember to purchase it. This shows up at your doorstep every month. It's a powder, one scoop mixed with eight ounces of water, 20 seconds, optimal health. AG1, do listeners still get vitamin D when they backslash surf on there? Vitamin D immunity booster, a year supply athleticgreens.com slash surf. It's all in one dropper now. You go to athleticgreens.com slash surf, athleticgreens.com slash surf, and you get not only optimal health and wellness, you get vitamin D and immunity booster dropper for free, and you support the show. Yeah, athleticgreens.com slash surf. Hello, David and Chaz, uh, calling with an update from Honolulu. Today is October 6th. 
Um, now, I'm no surf journalist, but I do have some sources that are very close to the mayor of Honolulu, Mayor Rick Blangiardi. Uh, today, he proclaimed Carissa Moore Day, October 6th, and he presented her with a key to the uh, city and county of Honolulu for her surfing prowess for both the Olympics and the WSL. So it sounds like uh, the mayor listens to the podcast. So well done, boys. Aloha. Doesn't it feel good? The good work we do is what makes me happiest of all. The fact that Carissa Morday is now on the calendar officially in Honolulu and all of Hawaii, I would imagine, right? I mean, yeah. does the city celebrate the day or does the whole, do all of the islands celebrate together? All the islands better, better they recognize. Better, better indeed. And I'm just glad to make that happen. That was our suggestion uh, right after she won the Olympics, right? Because John John, when he won his first world title, I remember him coming home and it was just pandemonium, pure fanfare. And of course that was pre-COVID when you can get together in groups, but we were like, there has to be some sort of acknowledgement for Carissa. And here it is months later, they finally uh, heed the call. Is that what it is? Better, better late than never. Better late so. than never. But yeah, well, she very well deserved by Carissa for Carissa. I feel like we should be celebrating somehow. We should honor Carissa more day. You know what else should happen, though, is I feel there should be a grit podcast day celebrated somewhere. What see, which city, which and which city would celebrate it? Which city would be the one that ushered in grit day? Let's put a full poll out to the fans and just see where where the greatest concentration of listeners is. If I had to guess, I would guess Southern California somewhere. Manhattan Beach. Could we celebrate Grit Day right outside Elo's Manhattan Beach mansion? That's where we should celebrate. Whether or not that's where the origins are, that's where we should actually have the celebration. I wonder, Bruce's Beach. How, how hard would it be to get the city of Manhattan Beach, to get enough signatures and enough momentum, momentum behind it to really force a Southern California municipality to honor and celebrate Grit Day? We would have to pick one. Like Manhattan Beach wouldn't do it because they have way too many opportunities to do cool things. We have to pick one that's like super desperate, like maybe Hemet or something where they have nothing else going on. And they're like, okay, this podcast, maybe we can get 1000 people to show up and that'll generate enough revenue for the local fast food chains to justify this. Perfect. Well, we should, we should, we should put it out. Which city needs, which city could we actually get and which city needs, which city's fast food chains need it most? Um, do you remember there's a, there's a town in, I think it's New Mexico called Truth and Consequence. Yep. Named after the, yeah, yeah. Named after the game show. Exactly. Yeah. So a game show put out a call and was like, Hey, if you change the name of your town to the name of our game show, we'll give you you know, I don't even know what the number was. They're going to pay actual money for it, but it wasn't a ton of money. It was just like a nominal amount of money. It'd be a lot of money for you and I, for a city. It was a nominal amount of money, but they raised their hand. They're like, we got nothing else going. Let's do it. The uh, truth and consequence is a good name too, though. Like that one's a win-win city got money, got a cooler name. Can't imagine what his name was before. Something with turquoise in it. I imagine really <laughs> low. I really loathe uh, New Mexican turquoise art. I don't know. I would never embrace it myself, but when you go to Santa Fe or whatever, and it's like part of 
the the scene there, I'm into it. Are you you're swept up in a sea of turquoise? You do you ever think about getting like a big turquoise chunky bracelet? No. Or a big turquoise ring or something? No, I don't wear I don't adorn myself with any jewelry, but I like that it's part of that culture. I like going into that culture and that's a part of it. And it's like, I can kind of appreciate it. Do you like eating roasted chilies in that culture? I do. I do. I'm a big fan. Nice. Um, so we've got a number of things going on. We have new sponsor. We're going to introduce mid mid show. Uh, we're also, we're also doing another surfboard giveaway this month. Chaz, did you get my email at the last minute? I sure got it. And I okay, was- you're, fascinated about what uh maui light is so you are fast on the uptake of emails you're not necessarily quick to respond to other things or but with emails for some reason why is that your primary form of communication uh, it just really is and by communication it's even rude to say i'll read all the emails that come in and then i will uh leisurely respond and or forget to respond and it drives the wife absolutely crazy. She sits there and watches me read something and then think, I got to, she knows that I should respond. And then she'll say, why didn't you respond right then? We're sitting right there. And I'll say, oh, I'm going to do it later. I got to think about it for a minute, but no, I don't have to think about it. I just, I'm a bad responder. Good reader. I agree with your wife. There's, that's why she is who she is. That little tiny detail will allow you to conquer life. It is when you're walking past the sink and there's dishes that need to be done, or maybe in your car, there's, you know, your athletic greens container rolling around in your car. And it's Delicious. like, Oh, I'll, I'll get that later, you know, and just putting it off is going to constantly, that's all going to build up in your mind and create tension, stress, anxiety. The fact that she just handles it in the moment leaves her with an empty to-do list at all times. She's totally right. And yeah, I need to do better. But I did read about Maui Light construction. Is it Maui okay. Light? So Maui Leaf Light. So we're giving away a Timponi Gillespie. It is Timponi surfboards out of Maui. Jeff Timponi's been building boards there since 1989. Uh, but he's actually been building boards in total for 50 years. Iconic board builder, still building boards. He's kept his business. He's had opportunities to kind of blow up the business and grow the business with team riders and things like that over the years, but he's kept it manageable in the same spot for this long in Maui. I don't know if you remember when we were kids, Rush Randall was doing backflips with straps in the magazines. Totally remember. He was riding Tim Pony boards back then. So, um, but anyways, Jeff, his son, Nick went and got a bachelor's degree in sustainable science management, uh, in Hawaii at university. And so they have a real kind of focus on sustainability in the business ever since Nick has been involved. And also you can imagine just living on an Island. The idea of um, managing your natural resources is very, very just present in everyday life. Nick or Jeff told me one time that when he moved to Maui, the landfill was in the middle of the Island and it was a giant crater. And now it's a giant mountain you know, Oof. 30 years later. Yeah. So you just see it in a real practical way. So anyways, they use their, they offer all of their surfboards in what they call Maui leaf light construction, which it's not proprietary. Like any surfboard manufacturer can do this because these material materials are available on the market through surfboard suppliers. But essentially it's a recycled EPS core or a solar made PU. So you can pick the PU if you want it. It's made out of solar energy or pick the EPS and it's recycled. 
And then they use hemp and uh, flax and basalt cloth as the lamination and a bio resin to, you know, uh, harden it in lamination. So it's using sustainable uh, materials to make the board, which is good on the manufacturing side, but it's also more durable. Like I have two boards from them. One of them I got in 2018 shows like almost zero signs of wear and tear on it. Very few heel dents. Um, they're just really durable boards. So How do they that's search? what Maui Leaflet is. Fantastically. There's like zero compromise in performance or anything like that. It's, it's equal to everything that you've had, except it's more durable. So it's actually better. What in the world? So, well, good on Timponi and good on whichever listener is going to get this board. So we're giving it away on November 1st, obviously for all of our subscribers that contribute the five or 10 bucks a month, uh, they're automatically entered to win this Timponi Gillespie, which is by the way, it's like a fish, but with kind of a narrower, narrower tail with more rocker in the tail and a quad setup. So like a, vi- a fish, but you can go vert on it, more maneuverability, more turning radius. Is uh, the Gillespie name a shout out to Dizzy Gillespie, jazz with- trumpeteer? You would think that it is, but it's not. They have a local guy in Maui who's been riding their boards forever, whose last name is Gillespie. Oh, man. They should put a logo on, at least, of Dizzy Gillespie's cheeks fascinated me as a kid and are epic to this day. Like, remember how huge he would get his cheeks out there? Uh, was that Dizzy Gillespie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember the U-Haul vans that were honoring him, and they yeah. had him on the side. Do you remember that? Yep. There you go. It's a good name for a surfboard too. It's a great name. We should really do like a ranking of the best surfboard model names because Gillespie would be up there. It'd be, it definitely would be up there. Where Where is uh, Pizel's Ghost? In the middle. Really? Do you think Ghost is that great? I thought it was. I thought it was like a, a sneaky, awesome name hiding in plain sight and him attaching it to the board uh, made me think that is a fine surfboard name. Yeah, White. I don't know. I think, I think it makes sense in his lineup of, of boards because he's got the shadow and he's got these kind of, you know, they're all kind of in that theme. But I don't feel like the ghost stands out in the pantheon of great surfboard model names. What about Puddle Jumper? Eh, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> mediocre. No, well, we, we do need to do a list of, alongside our list of towns that are going to celebrate Grit Day, we need to do a list of best surfboard names ever. Exactly. Crowdsource that one too. Gillespie's at the top. And um, if you want to get in on that giveaway, so all of our subscribers are already in, but if you want to get in and become a subscriber and support the show, it's five bucks a month. Do it on surfsplendorpodcast.com. You have until the end of October to do it. We'll pick a winner on November 1st. Chaz, I got a listener note from a dude who said, dude, I work at Facebook. And with a lot of good people here that listen to the podcast, if you and Chaz bag on us this week, please do so with some nuance. It's not all bad. That makes me just happy in my heart. It made me happy when Facebook crashed this week too. And just Mark pictured Mark Zuckerberg tears on his cheeks, streaming down, washing off all his zinc oxide off his face. But also, yeah. To the people who work at Facebook and listen to the show, thank you for listening. <laughs> it's not all bad is what he said with but multiple is it not ex- all bad? Let's, let's be honest. Let's do it. Is it let's not do all it. Bad? 
Um, so I asked him, sell me on it. Like, how, how is it not bad? And he said, uh, it's great for finding long lost relatives, which by the way, you and I just take for granted at this point, but when Facebook first hit the idea or methods for doing that were really, really complicated, uh, long expensive. So he does have a point with that one. We take it for granted. Now he said, power powering small businesses around the world and enabling the creator economy. Okay. I really want to hook a bro up here and be positive. Uh, But it's really hard for me to be positive about this, about Facebook. What are, what are you against? I mean, it truly does seem like everything that always, everything that comes out, every bit of news that comes out, it seems like they're doing exactly the bad people think they're doing and worse perpetually, right? There's no ever surprise. Facebook was actually doing something really awesome. Facebook wasn't actually mining and selling data. Facebook wasn't actually, you know, doing this, that, or the other thing. It's always true. All the bad news is always true. And it feels like it gets worse and worse. Like the whistleblower, this whole thing where Everybody probably assumed that, that yes, they're, you know, prioritizing profit above any kind of, you know, cultural safety or anything. And I mean, I guess I wouldn't be anti-Facebook if Facebook was just honest with what it was. If Facebook said, we are here for your money and we're a platform, not a publisher, we're really sticking to that one. And so put all the Nazi stuff up you want, put anything up you want. We won't really police it. It'll just be a space for that uh have at it people then but like i think this the narrative of they're trying to do good or be good uh where they're actually not trying at all to do or be good that dissonance is difficult to take maybe i should go work for facebook though then i could go look behind the scenes and see yeah like this is just my outside perspective so those guys inside for sure good people work there i have zero doubt that great people work at facebook uh, and I, I get that I'm getting one narrative of face, you know, it's easy to pile on Facebook. Zuckerberg is an easy man to pile on too. Like just even the, from how he looks is easy to pile on. Uh, but yeah, I would actually, if this bro would have me, I would love a tour of Facebook's campus. All right. There you go. Um, this could be an ongoing story then ongoing saga. Could, Think yeah. of all the beach grid articles. I would like to um, meet some Facebook people. Yeah. Bring so me up. I, Tell me. I think you kind of nailed it in that the only issue, the main issue that we all have is the dissonance between what they're projecting to be versus what they actually are. And so, of course, if you're going to build a business and especially something that giant and that successful, you make all the decisions for the bottom line. You make all the decisions for the business to maximize profitability, but, and it's even the disguising it as uh, this is for the greater good, or it's for you to help find friends and family and all of that. That's understandable. All businesses do that as well. You know, they pretend like, oh, it's a health food store. We're here to help you get healthy. But we know in that business that they have to make a profit because that, business model has been around forever. You and I just get that implicitly. Facebook, they just kind of did things a little bit differently. And the amount of profit that it generated and the amount of wealth 
that it generated was all centralized towards one figure for a long time. And that figure became, you know, uh, a, a powerful person in the world. And that always has inherent danger with it. And so when that dissonance is happening and we see that all the power is centralized with one person and you look at the board of Facebook, it was not diversified. It was all yes people who would keep help keep Mark in the position of power, help him stay in the CEO position, whereas other companies, the leader steps out of the CEO position, hires professional CEOs, they, they retain a seat on the board, you know, but they don't maintain that level of power. They diversify the power because it's actually better for the shareholders and all that. So when Mark just continues to hold that position and continues to obfuscate what's actually happening on the business side and then goes into the Senate hearings and continues to throw smoke, that's when all of us start to really question. And to your point, we don't really have enough evidence to really understand the inner workings. We just know there's a ton of obfuscation and point, you know, uh, red flags pointing in a very certain direction. And then you see what's happening with the youth and the way that it's kind of corrupting people's sense of uh, self-esteem, worth, all that sort of stuff. And you just have to point the finger at one person. That's, I mean, that's the, where we're at. The whistleblower account of uh, Facebook sitting on all of the information that, or Facebook knew that Instagram, right, is harmful to the teenage brain, basically. Yeah. Uh, and buried, 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 and then would release poor reports internally and externally that, made it look like it was a healthy alternative to, you know, whatever yeah. else, like, which that kind of tobacco industry stuff, yeah. uh, which is, again, people knew smoking is bad kind of, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the deceit, uh, the high level deceit for massive profit uh, is unchill yeah. Facebook, but to bring well, me up there, I would love to prove, prove me wrong. I think that this listener does make a good point that there are good things within it that have benefited our lives. And it, a lot of things that have just become so commonplace in our lives that we don't even attribute them to Facebook anymore. Um, so it's important to not to, to acknowledge those things, but at what cost, you know, like the reality is if we wanted to find long lost relatives pre Facebook, it came at a cost. Well, right. But it came at a cost, but we knew exactly how much the private eye would charge. We knew that it would take a certain amount of time and we agree to that cost. We didn't know what we were agreeing to with the cost of Facebook. And so when it undermines our democracy, literally, you know, that's a huge price that we're paying or it corrupts our kids um, cognitive functioning. That's a huge price to pay and that we didn't know we were paying along the way. So that's where a lot of this uh, overreaction and overcorrection and vitriol comes from, I think. I wonder at some level, it, like, of course, hindsight, we can look back and say, obviously, inhaling smoke into your lungs ain't cool. Like, that's yeah. damaging. I wonder if uh, future generations will look back at us and say, you guys were a bunch of dinglings. Like, obviously, you know, this is what you were signing up for. And you're thinking that we didn't know that, you know, that was the price. You guys were just willfully ignorant. You wanted, they, you wanted the nicotine buzz of, yeah, internet think, stuff, and you knew. I think, I think it'll be crystal clear. I do, and yeah. I do think that they will use the insult ding when they call yeah. it. <laughs>
they'll be bringing it back for the first time in like 40 years. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, this was all, this entire setup was all to queue up a listener call. You ready? Yep. What's happening, David and Chaz? This is Kevin from up in Ventura, former winner of the Roger Hind giveaway board a few months back. Want to thank you again for that kind gift. Super stoked on that. I'm calling today to ask a question, uh, environmental question. You have a guy like Jerry Lopez, Patagonia ambassador. We know all the things that they stand for at Patagonia, who flips the switch and becomes a softboard guru and produces these arguably uh, not good for the environment surfboards to sell to the masses. Um, is it cool to do that for the mighty dollar? Does Patagonia care? Should we care? Um, I pr approached the same question with Jimmy Slade, Mr. Kelly Slater, on a DM, um, asking about Outer Known. They do some really cool stuff, same as Patagonia. Um, but, hey, what about those boards coming from Thailand? And all I got in response was uh, a block from him, so I can't follow his escapades anymore. Anyways, wanted you guys to uh, knock this one around, see what you think. Have a good one. Go do barrel. Kelly Slater is so heavy-handed on the block, it's crazy. Like, just, I mean, he's a blocking machine. He is like the Green Bay Packers offensive line. Just <laughs> blocking, blocking, blocking. Uh, well, and it's interesting, right? Because these are his fans. It's almost, sure. it's really a slap in the face. Like, uh, the reality is this Kevin, who just called, thanks for the call, by the way, Kevin and Ventura, um, is a fan of Kelly Slater, I would argue. I don't know Kevin personally. I would presume he's, and I've, but I have seen his Instagram because when he won that surfboard, I started following him. He's a shredding surfer. So Kevin's been surfing for decades. Presumably he was a fan of Kelly, has been a fan of Kelly. And so he just wants to engage with Kelly. And it's a real opportunity. And if, by the way, if Kelly has a retort against why his boards are being manufactured in Thailand or any of that, he can engage with Kevin and presumably Kevin will hear him out. So the idea of just blocking your chorist fan base that has been with you for decades is bizarre. I don't understand the strategy. I don't understand it either, but on to Kevin's point. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the idea of beyond greenwashing, I think performative anything, right. Is it's like, it's so hollow now. Like, I don't even know that the consumer is necessarily, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not obviously the typical consumer, nor am I doing important consumer research studies, but um, for example, No consumer research study. I'm no consumer researchist. Uh, the, uh, at the US Open of surfing, I noticed before the event, uh, they had two Native American women doing like a blessing on the beach. Uh, really? Yeah. The U.S. Open of Surfing, World Surf League, whoever. Hey, yeah. Two, I just threw the pictures away. I got it because I, I was like so shocked. I was like, what is this performance? Like when? I mean, I obviously like Huntington was Chumash land or whatever it was. Right. For sure. There was some Native American peoples living there, all this kind of stuff. But since when have they ever done that? And like to me that was the height of performative nonsense where yeah. if the world surf league or us open of surfing was like, okay, this land was stolen. We're going to begin to honor the native American tribes. We are going to do this blessing, but this is going to, uh, you know, 
what we're really going to do is give money to, you know, preserving native languages to whatever, whatever, whatever. No, they don't do anything. They throw, you know, maybe they paid the Native American women to get in traditional garb and go do their blessing, but that's it, right? Like, yeah. and this, the idea of greenwashing and or anything performative that makes me so furious is imagine, I've never, I mean, my talk about the people and doing stuff for the people and all that is all gen genuinely true. And I believe that the public is intelligent, right? Like they're not, they're not just blind, you know, weirdos. Like they're, they can look at something and say, wait a second, I see this as pure performance where like Jerry Lopez in the surfboards, to me, you're just, you're really, uh, you're not being cool to people when you do that kind of stuff. Like when you're out one side of your mouth saying being total environmental, Mr. Environmental, and then making soft tops, there's no way, unless your soft tops are made from recycled Q-tips, you know, somewhere and you have a story behind it, like you're actually doing something for the environment. They're not, they're Costco yeah. boards made in the same factory, I'm sure as, you know, Wavestorm on and on and on and on. It's nonsense. So there's two things we need to just, separate kelly slater and jerry lopez i, I since, don't think since, since you ended with well let me let me hit jerry first since you ended yeah. with jerry it's really hard to disparage jerry like as we're having this conversation it's hard for me to have the wave storm conversation or the jerry lopez soft top conversation because i don't have anything good to say about it and i don't want to disparage jerry so my question to you is, is there a way to partially despair? Like, can we still honor Jerry's legacy and all that he's done? Because all of us are complex human beings. We make sure. hypocritical statements. We have hypocritical actions every single day. You know, you could catch me in shorts if you go to go to my coffee shop in the morning. And so Jerry is one of those human beings as well. And yeah, he's living his life a certain way, 90, let's say maybe even 98% of the time. And then a soft top company comes along and says, we want to do this deal. We want to use your name where you will make, let's, I don't even know what the numbers are. Let's just say you will make $1 million a year in royalties. If we do this thing, any rational human being, no matter how, convicted you are in the other 98% would consider that offer, you know? And so it makes sense that Jerry would go, yeah, I'll do that. I'll still live my life really well in all these other ways. This 2% doesn't erase the 98%. It might erode it a little bit and take me down to 90, but it doesn't erase the decades and decades and decades of good legacy and influence that I've had. Does it? I'm going to argue and say it erases. I'm going to say when you do something like that, when you when you put your name on top of a mass produced foam board, unless I don't know the whole story about Jerry Lopez foam surfboards, right? Maybe they are somehow environmentally okay, right? Like I don't. They're not okay. Okay, so if they're not, then yes, you what you have done is spent your life saying one thing, and when the price got to be a certain amount, you do another, which is you are now a not only a hypocrite, but you've eroded your own legacy, right? Like, and it just, it's unfortunate, but to, to not call it out, I think is to, and I don't want to be mean to Jerry. I'm not, I don't think I am being mean to Jerry. I think I'm saying that having a foam board, it goes against your ethos as, or the ethos. And maybe that's never been Jerry's ethos. Is, is Great Jerry, question. 
has Jerry actually been that or did people put that on Jerry? Is the Great whole question is the whole Zen thing and all that, that Jerry is like world's greatest environmentalist. Because if people put that on him, he was like, you kidding me? I've only been ever doing my thing, which sometimes involves, you know, good earth forward stuff. And yes, I am a Patagonia ambassador. I totally like Patagonia, but don't, I'm, I never said I was Chenard. Like I am Jerry Lopez. So all to say if Jerry, I don't know that. And, and maybe it's way quick, way too quick for me to jump into the, well, Jerry Lopez has built himself as an environmentalist. And so this is against that. Maybe he never has. And this is just like another thing he's doing. And if that's the case, then have at it, have all, add all the soft words you want. I just don't like the performative aspect and, or the uh, massive hypocritical aspect. And Kelly, I don't think is massively hypocritical too. I think he's largely hypocritical. And I think he should address that criticism and just say, I am, I am a hypocrite here. What do you want me to do? I fly around the world surfing. I make boards in Thailand. I try to do good environmental work here. There's nothing I could do over here. So I fail here. I am a flawed human being, but Kelly doesn't say that. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know that Jerry's ever come out and say that he's said he's an environmentalist or any of that. He does a lot of yoga and he's in a Patagonia ambassador. So that's why we have that perception of him. Um, but the one thing, if you talk to people about sustainability, especially in surfboards, the one thing it always comes back to is durability. It's like, whether you're, whatever the material is that you're manufacturing out of, you know, it's, it's still manufacturing ultimately. And so it's still creating a carbon footprint and all that sort of stuff. Some are less carbon footprint than others, but so what it comes down to is disposability and sustainability. And those soft top boards are disposable. They're, they're a hundred dollars. They break all the time. You could take them into crappy surf. They get broken. Chunks get torn out of them when you put them in your car, you know, out of the foam. And so that's the real problem there is the durability. And I would also make the argument that very few of my surfboards that I've ever broken actually lend, end up in a landfill. They end up in my mom's backyard, in the garden or something, you know, they become an art project. I, I put very few of them in an actual trash can. Those wave storms, I would say 95% of them end up in the landfill. I see them in the trash can at the beach, yeah. split in half, just stuffed into a trash can. You know what I mean? So that's really where the problem is. It, it, there is a problem on the manufacturing side, especially the wave storm ones are made in China. Um, and we know all of the perils of Chinese manufacturing. Kelly Slater's boards are largely made in Thailand and I don't know the perils of the manufacturing there. We, we can argue, we could probably make an argument that they're not held to the same environmental and regulatory standards that California manufacturers are, but I don't know. And, and maybe even if they aren't, maybe their factory implements all those regulation on their own to make sure that their quality of the product is similar to what they're manufacturing in California. I don't know. That would all be speculative. Um, the, the real talk about like Kelly Slater posing as or uh, saying that he's an environmentalist. The last thing that you would do if you were an environmentalist is start a clothing line. I mean, full stop, you know, and regardless of how sustainable, quote unquote, that clothing line is, that's the last thing you would do. You would only create a clothing line to generate a profit, 
to build your own personal brand or maybe as an ego play. But if your heart was really in sustainability, you would think of a way to recreate the manufacturing process for clothing or simplify supply chain, create new materials, maybe supply the current clothing companies with those materials or new ideas and practices, and then help reinvent the wheel from the inside. But your name, you know, your name wouldn't be the first thing on it and the branding wouldn't be the first. It would be creating solutions, sustainable solutions interior wise, not coming out with a brand new clothing line that you're then doing portions of that are sustainable. So the whole thing's a farce, you know, the whole thing's about, like you said, greenwashing. And maybe, and maybe also we've all painted Kelly with the, oh, he's like a avowed environmentalist brush, right? Where I think he does do and does talk about to his environmental hopes and dreams a lot, uh, I've definitely heard him speak to it way more than I've ever heard Jerry speak to it, though, you know, I'm not actively listening to Jerry or seeking Jerry out daily. But uh, yeah, I mean, but if Slater could just say it, uh, just say, I am, we're all doing our best here, man, Uh, instead of blocking people, then I think that, that would go a long way to like, it feels to me, and again, talk about speculative looking inside the mind of Kelly Slater, that Kelly has a idea of himself that he does not like punctured, right? Where an idea of self to me, which I guess is the definition of ego, uh, is not very helpful to anything, right? Like if Kelly was actively engaged in, hey man, I speak out of both sides of my mouth. I say, do as I say, not as I do. I'm all this stuff, right? And it just is the way it is. I'm doing my best daily. I'm not perfect. The end. I would doff my cap and say, thank you. Finally, a like real conversation around the thing that of course there's no, you know, Patagonia has some problems, right? Like there's no way you can traipse around the earth and not be damaging the earth at the same time. No way. Patagonia does way better than others at than others at you know figuring it out. They actually care. It's part of the brand ethos. People who buy Patagonia care too. I mean, it's it's a whole thing, right? But I don't know. I just wish that, and maybe it's the fault of the people at the end who expect all or nothing. Who want if you say you're environmentalist, better live in a sand house and eat. Well, that's that's why I wanted to have. That's why I wanted to have that conversation about Jerry. Can, like, the, I guess the question is, what percentage does it erode his legacy? Because you're right, there is something that Jerry could do or Kelly could do that was so disastrous environmentally that it would become their legacy and that it would erode all of the good work. But with this soft top business venture that he has, let's deem a percentage to it. What percentage has it eroded the good work? 49. Really? I don't think I mean, it's that high. It's, it's a soft top and it's not, it's an, again, I could be, it might be like, so I have uh, one of the catch surf soft tops and I also yeah. have an album soft top, right? I've had the catch surf one for four or five years. Got it when young daughter was like three, just to paddle her out on the nose and paddle into stuff. Thing is right as rain, right? It costs as basically as much as a surfboard. Uh, and is that thing is will be around in my garage for the next 35 years, right? Sustainable. Yeah. Catch sir. Uh, the album one is, I love it. And daughter loves it. It's fun. Foam surfboards is not the problem. 
you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head is that Jerry's are the problem, but I don't know that his are, are his the same exact tier as the Wavestorm? Are they like 109? Are they more expensive and better? They're the same. I've never ridden one. I've never held it in my hand and like, but I'm, it looks when I walk by, by them at Costco, it looks the same as the Wavestorm, just with different color scheme and branding. And that's, that's the bummer to be, to be willfully making something that's going directly into a landfill is that's the problem, right? Like, it's not that he's making soft tops, that there's a Jerry Lopez catch surf model that, yeah, it's a soft top, but it, it'll last you for a long, long time. Uh, he, he attached his name to Costco garbage, right? Mass produced Costco garbage. Yeah. Well, I hope that answered your question, Kevin. <laughs> um, we can't talk about environmentalism without talking about the massive oil spill that is sitting out Oof. in front of my local beaches, 13 mile wide, um, 144,000 gallons spilled out of a pipeline off of Huntington Beach, California. It's shut down all of the local beaches. It's contaminated countless uh, ecosystems, wildlife, all that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts on this? It's just a disaster. I was there uh, for the air show on Friday. Uh, had the children in tow and thought, let's go watch some airplanes. Uh, there seems something really eerie about that day already. I mean, it was baking hot. Uh, you can't surf during the air show, which I didn't know, like, because it looked, it was glassy and kind of pumping. Uh, and nobody out, like, so you're at Huntington and nobody's surfing glassy pumping when it's cooking yeah. hot. That's already weird. You have a bunch of kind of weirdos on the sand who are attracted to air shows. Uh, so just the whole vibe was weird. And then the next day, yeah, it just felt very apocalyptic. And then for the next day, the whole thing to be like, Canceled. and disaster. I mean, an awful, yeah. awful, awful spill, like can't sail, can't do anything, right? Newport Harbor's closed. Everything closed is closed indefinitely. Uh, the toll will be, you know, in the billions of dollars for sure. But then who knows how much, I mean, how do you, what do you do? Like, it's really is a, a proper disaster and so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's not a lot you can even say about it. The one, um, thing that I was shocked by was how rinky dink and amateurish the cleanup efforts look. Oh yeah. That was the one thing that stood out to me. As soon as the images started coming out of cleanup efforts, it's literally two people they're in hazmat suits, which is good. But other than that, they have the same cleanup supplies that you and I would get. If we went down there to clean it up, they have plastic gloves on, they're scooping up mounds of stuff and throwing it into a trash bag, you know, and they show the tents that they have set up on the beach. It's an easy up. They have rags, bags and plastic gloves. It's like, how is the cleanup effort not more sophisticated? Shouldn't they be shooting lasers from a drone or something? Like it's yeah, insane. It really is true. And the fact that that stuff is all like, I mean, obviously the production is where the money is not in, in yeah. being a disaster, which you don't want to happen anyway, but it is wild that there's no like accountability on, you know, to the, oil and gas producers who are making multi-billions of dollars that you have to have a certain amount set aside for advancing cleanup technologies and all this kind of stuff. Like I think the ones they have are even worse than the problems often, right? Like I think yeah. if you shoot dispersant in there, that's like 
a total toxic mess in and of itself. Again, back to they're using the same supplies as us. They use Dawn soap to clean off the animals, you know, and Dawn advertises that in their commercials. It's the same soap I have in my kitchen to wash dishes with. They use Dawn soap to get oil to separate off of a duck's feathers. You know, it's, it's like, what? And it's Bizarre. like, I mean, on to the uh, hypocritical conversation, though, I'll, I'll like moan and groan about it all day and talk about how awful, awful, and it is awful. Like there's nothing good, <laughs> obviously there's no positive about the oil spill. And I'll shake my finger at big oil and shake my finger all over the place. And then I'll, oh, time to go to the store, I'll run out and hop in my Toyota Tacoma 4x4, which ain't electric and is a 4x4. So uses yeah. all kinds of gas and oil. Like the, all of our culpability in this thing is sort of sickening. Yeah. Well, and then when we get all sad, when it happens, oh, they, sh they should have been more responsible. Well, oh, yeah, let's kind of rip my engine real quick. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's hard to exist in the world without using any of those resources sure. we're going to be. But I think the idea is start weaning yourself off the resources. And also, for the ones who are making billions of dollars off of this, they need to be held responsible for when things like this happen and certainly be paying for the pay up, clean up, but also have, you know... Um, Elon Musk style, scientific, futuristic ways of cleaning it up. Like there should be, they should be the forefront of developing cleanup methods, not some, you know, not for profit environmental organization leading the charge. I have a wet dry vac uh, that I was, if I could get out of the harbor, would go out there and just put my wet dry vac on the surface of the water and just like try to suck up some oil. The sad thing is you would catch tons of trash in addition to the oil. <laughs> it really is. And it, it is sad. Yeah. Um, did you, a couple of follow-up things from last week, actually follow up from the Zuckerberg conversation. Another note that that listener sent me was that he heard through the offices that, um, when Kai Lenny and Zuckerberg were foil e-foiling together off the coast of Maui, they were taking photos and stuff. And when they got done, Kai asked Zuck with complete sincerity. He wanted to send the photos to Zuck. So he asked him with complete sincerity, Hey, do you have a WhatsApp account? That's amazing. <laughs> so that he could send him the photos. That is perfect. That is perfect. Like Kai's just clueless, you know, good for Kai. Uh, do you, there's, let me, do you have Facebook? I'm mean, I wonder what Kai right. knew about me. Did he know that he was a multi-billionaire? I presume Kai seems smart enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, he would have known that Facebook CEO and all that. Yeah. How would you know about the WhatsApp maybe purchase? I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I know about that. I know that WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. You know, I thought that was common knowledge, but, and I mean, honestly, maybe Kai knew that as well and just sincerely wondered like does the owner of these companies actually use, use this the product company? yeah exactly um so uh in regard to follow-up things um did you hear from morgan mawson last week i didn't did you i did not i heard from bad boy rai rai bad boy rai rai say you why'd you beat up so bad on morgan mawson no uh, he said his butthole, his butthole was clenched the whole time waiting for him to be on the receiving end of your tongue lashing. 
So he was thrilled that he survived it, but couldn't understand why the disparity was so great between vitriol for Morgan and adoration for him. Because I love that boy, Rara. Yeah. Um, well, that's the only thing. So that's the only thing that I struggle with doing not just our podcast, but all of the podcasts that I do is going to sleep at night, worried that I'm going to wake up to an angry text from somebody that we spoke disparagingly about this Uh, week. Maybe it'll be Jerry Lopez and his people for Um, sure. Cause it's like, I love doing the podcast. I love to see it grow. I feel great about it, all this stuff, but inevitably every single week, at least one night I go to bed thinking about something that we said. And it's like, because I've woken up to those texts from the WSL, from Billabong, from whomever. And, uh, and I feel sincerely bad, you know, because I feel like there is a way to have, to be critical and to have a meaningful, constructive conversation. But sometimes I worry that it veers towards, you know, the not, not constructive. I mean, with the Jerry thing though, I mean, I just think calling a spade a spade is important yep. when everybody I feel is, like we did. Yeah. When everybody's fluffing and whatnot. And so if he's mad about that, if you, and then again, okay. T- tell me why you're, disposable foam board is goes along with your ethos and or tell me that you that was never your ethos and people put that on you yeah well either way is fine and good like i think so too i'll tell you i'll tell you how to dodge those texts and emails <laughs> don't answer <laughs> when you get one make it a beach grit headline and then you stop getting them like when people know if they send me something they might feel mad at me all day long they know if they send it then not that it inevitably goes on beach beach grip, but uh, I'm not, I don't care about that conversation. Good. Like if I was wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. But if I'm right, you're beach gridded. I think one thing that we've navigated, it wasn't necessarily intentional, but a way that we've danced it was by making ourselves independent from the surf industry, you know, by having listeners who subscribe to the show at five bucks a month, each of those is just a little brick in the foundation. And we've built enough bricks to have a foundation now to where we can kind of exist on the side and call things out for what they are, which growing up, nobody ever said a disparaging word about Kelly Slater. You know, all the magazines were glowing because they want an interview with Kelly Slater. I've kind of accepted the fact at this point, I'll never get that interview. And that's okay because the weight of it is lesser than having all of these meaningful small conversations on a weekly basis that are actually relevant to what's happening in surfing. It's so, true. Um, in other news, we both got messages this morning that Seth Moniz is rumored to be hospitalized. Did you get this message? I didn't get this message. It's in your DMs because he said he sent it to you as well. But um, surfing, everybody's in Portugal right now for the Challenger Series event. And the waves have been good. And so not only are people surfing at the venue, but they're surfing elsewhere. And Seth Moniz was surfing super tubos and apparently had a pretty bad wipeout and a serious back injury. And he is hospitalized. That's all the information we have. It's all a rumor at this point, but our thoughts and prayers are with Seth because we don't know how significant that is. Uh, But this is the same spot that Owen Wright busted his eardrum at. During a CT event, actually. Super Tubos um, is a heavy wave. Have you been there? I've been there, but not when it was good. So yeah. I haven't I, surfed it. I didn't surf it. I was there for one of the events, but it was like shockingly throaty yeah. to see up close. Like, yeah, it's got some bulk behind it. 
It's also, I believe, where C.J. Hobgood lacerated the bottom of his foot really, really significantly mm-hmm. and had to withdraw from an event. Um, so, yeah, lots of injuries go down there. But And the other thing that's crazy is, like, Seth Moniz surfs pipe, you know, and, like, he's accustomed to big, gnarly waves. So when it happens to somebody like that at a lesser wave, even if it's gnarly, it is a lesser wave than pipe it really is a reminder how serious this stuff is, you know? Wow. Well, I truly hope that Seth's okay. He's a great kid. Totally. Totally. A couple of thoughts or stories coming out of Hawaii this week, the qualifying series events, the regional events hosted by the WSL are canceled again due to COVID constrictions. And BJ Penn is also running for governor. Amazing things happening in Hawaii. I really, truly do not understand. Like there was a story, I put it on Beach Grit, about surf parents and surf industry adjacent people being frustrated at this point that there's been so many cancellations of events in Hawaii that, you know, their kids are, there's no way to get points. There's no way to do anything. They're just stuck forever. Where soccer and football and all other organized sports are just all on, like no problem, right? Where They're on, they're on but there's no um, people in the stands. They're sure, against the but, crowds gathering. Yes, but dude, like, how is surfing not? I I fully get the. I'm not about making surfing a sport, but I completely f- understand the frustration of the people in Hawaii who are who you know want want and or need competitions to go. How are they not? How is surfing categorized anywhere differently than soccer or football in terms of playing? It's insane. It's insane. It's. it's I mean, those are football is a contact sport. You are. Yeah intending to contact with people uh to connect with people and so yeah surfing you're you're socially distanced it you're doesn't incentivized to not touch any sense to me that how the state of why how that's even i mean it seems like it's one of those bureaucratic things that just gets yeah. kicked down the line but i don't know how somebody sensible didn't step up a long time ago and said wait a second this is silly so is BJ the sensible type? That's the question because BJ is noticing all of this and he also has clout and respect from his community. One of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. And he said, I'm going to make a run or I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I would like, but I would never run from a fight or sell out my people, which is a pretty strong shot across the bow. As soon as I step into the Hawaiian governor's office, I will remove all new and federal state and federal mandates that have been hurting our economy, residents, and Ohana. We will get the best doctors, medicine, therapies, and healthcare the world has to offer and fight the pandemic and always keep Hawaii amongst the safest and healthiest states in the union. We will get rid of all vaccine passports. Hawaii will be a vaccinated, or yeah, Hawaii will be vaccinated with Aloha and unvaccinated with Aloha policy for everyone. Same with the masks. We will follow the constitution to the T. I am not here to fit in with the other politicians. I am here to get our freedoms back. BJ Penn. In. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's a great love statement. It. I love it. I'm in. I don't know that people fully understand the way that politics work and the, the political machinery churns. And sure, nobody does until you do it. I'm not convinced BJ Penn is the guy who can solve that equation and then actually execute his plan. Don't know, but love the excitement of him throwing his hat in the ring. Uh, I'm curious as to 
I haven't seen a poll yet. I wonder where he's sitting in the poll and or is Hawaii's governor election this November? I mean, is it? I think so. Yeah. Really? So is it like a few months away? Yeah. So and is this is BJ really wanting to win or is BJ wanting to drag uh, whoever the eventual winner is, you know, more to the side of less restriction or whatever, whatever it is that BJ wants? Uh, I would love if he even thought of it that far in advance. I mean, he must've you know thought I mean? of it. At some, he didn't just make an Instagram post, right? Like well, he, he thought of it, but I would love for him for his real play to be that sophisticated, you know, for his, him thinking, okay, I want somebody who's more uh, liberal to win. So I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, knowing it's a moonshot and I won't make it, but I'll land, you know, and, or maybe he wants something, someone more conservative in terms of like someone who would, yeah, I mean, clearly it seems like he's over mass mandates and all this kind of stuff, right? And so maybe he can pull one of the, the eventual winner over to be, yeah, more, uh, I don't know, more liberal, I suppose, in terms of yeah. regulating all that stuff. All I know is the only reference I have for any of this was that Tito Ortiz ran for mayor, of, or he was actually like the interim mayor or pro tem mayor in a Huntington Beach for a short stint. I remember that dude's a disaster the dude is it, a it didn't go well disaster no it didn't go well and he got he got ousted uh, by his own people like I he's remember, a complete shit show i remember the tito ortiz years in huntington that was but, recent it was like yeah, it was six months ago he got booted yeah i uh, loved it bring him back I used, so i lived like i don't know a mile from tito in huntington for like 10 years and it was when he was with Jen, jenna jameson and so I would see him, I would actually SUP in the Huntington Harbor, never in the ocean, but in the Huntington Harbor all the time. And so I'd go past their house all the time and stuff, but I would also see uh, mainly Jenna in Trader Joe's. She talk about train wrecks. Holy cow. She was really? a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna Jameson, Tito Ortiz though. Fine. Like that is peak Huntington couple. It really is. It truly is. Yep. It was not pretty. Anyways, uh, good luck, BJ. Yeah. Got my, um, I live in Hawaii, I'd vote for you. And uh, what else? Okay. I think we should go to commercial, Chaz. We're running low on time. I've got a doctor's do appointment it. I've got to get to today. Let's do and, it. Uh, yeah, let's go to commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop Chaz. Whoop 4.0 has changed my life, David Lee. If listeners use the word, the promo code SURF, not only do they get the free Whoop 4.0 strap, they get 15% off their membership. It's a great deal. First of all, John John Florence and Nathan Florence are using it. That's good enough for me. If it's good enough for John John, it's good enough for me. <laughs> I feel like it is. Yeah. My um, sleep efficiency last night, 90%. Good job. I feel like I'm storing it up before the baby comes. Good Great idea. job. It's like my body just knows. Great yep. idea. Yep. 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 What was your, what's your recovery looking like? Um, today is a active day. I'm nice. supposed to be active today. I okay. just closed my phone so I can't access it now, Great. but I'm, I'm going to surf after this. It looks partially because of that. Yeah. The waves are pretty good. Um, so here's the deal. It's a fitness. It is the most advanced fitness wearable on the market. It goes on your wrist. Cool thing about it is there's no annoying notifications. There's no screen. There's no buttons. It's super sleek. So sleek. In fact, that it fits under your wetsuit sleeve, but 
It's tracking data 24-7 while you sleep, while you exert yourself, all of that. And it's sending it to the app on your phone. So when you actually want to get that information, it's right there on your phone. And it's so detailed that you could share it with your physician, your trainer, your PT, a coach. And it's important vitals about your overall health. The strap, easy. Put it on, don't think about it. The app is very, very easy to, easy to navigate for someone who doesn't enjoy new technologies. Yeah. It's no problem. So that's the key is that, like you said, it's not annoying on your wrist. It's just collecting constantly. And then when you want the info, it's right there. Easy. So whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com. The promo code is the word surf. You get Dotto. the 4.0 strap for free and 15% off your membership. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, Chaz, welcome back to the show. Wow, sweet. Feels like we've been gone a long time. We have, but you know, business, got to pay for all that gas we're putting in our cars to contaminate yep. the economy. Yep. Um, so did you watch the Valdoc yet? I haven't yet. <laughs> you know, you know what's gotten in the way of the Valdoc? Squid Game. Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. You know what got in the way of my podcast prep this morning? Squid Game. It's episode two. I'm only on episode two. Oh man, how good is it though? Episode one was epic. Oh, I'm, I'm dipping in and out, but yeah, I love every second I catch. Or how far are you into it? I think the wife is on like five or six, maybe. Uh, and I've seen only parts of each of them, but okay. yeah, busy man. Okay. Too busy for TV. All right, cool. Well, um, this might be a perfect segue to explain why you were busy. We're going barrel or nah jujitsu barrel tell me why i am definitely not sold and i've obviously seen i've known that derek is super into it and i've seen his uh him tying in his relationship with whoop and how that's improving his jujitsu or allowing him to track it but i'm still not sold sell me on jujitsu okay so here we go the realization came to me not long ago uh i've trained jujitsu once and or twice, uh, I fought Richie Bass back in the day and did some did you really? training there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Was that a series of articles somewhere? It was a early stab story. Okay. Yeah. I went and trained with him jujitsu in the morning and then kickboxed in the afternoon. And then we got in the octagon and, uh, I lasted maybe, I don't know, a couple minutes, maybe can't remember really how long. I mean, he was clearly gone easy on me but then i threw a punch at his head and threw my arm out of socket and disgusted his trainer and him <laughs> wow so then the fight hey, was over. well one day of training allowed you to last for a couple of minutes it's pretty impressive it training because without it you wouldn't have lasted that long uh, he was going so soft he, he didn't he wasn't even trying to take me to the mat he was just like kicking me in the ribs and punching my head but uh yeah but uh so all to say the realization, though, that BJJ is going to be good for me was I was, uh, you know, daughter's serious ballet there a lot. I'm there a lot yeah. with her. Uh, watching her, like remembering, watching her struggle to remember choreography and work her body so hard, like she is sweating and, you know, it's both mental and physical. And the light went on for me at that moment. Oh, wait, that is BJJ is a you have to remember these moves and these combinations 
while getting physical. And so I thought if she can do ballet uh, and really strive for greatness in ballet, then what's my problem with BJJ? I'm going in. I'm all in now. So I what's was the strategy? The Are you working with a specific uh, studio nearby I'm, or what's the strategy? I'm, I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to hit one up. Uh, yeah, hopefully today or tomorrow. And then, yeah, just start start going in. All right. Um, obviously, there's a huge tie-in with the surf community, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community and the surf community. And so I keep, and even like my best friend has been doing it for years now. He was late to it, but he's been doing it for years now. And it's, he's all about it, you know, and it's just yeah. like consumed his life, which I could see is what's happening with Derek too. Um, so I trust those guys. I respect those guys. And I know that they're probably right, but I'm still resistant to it. I, hear you. I just don't I, want to layer in a new thing that I have to do. You know, I was resistant. I was resistant until I realized, wait, I've, I have become lazy yeah, mentally and physically and jujitsu is a way to kind of strike back. I'm also going to uh, do more than jujitsu though for the series that will be on beach grid. I'm going to box and kickbox and I'm going to layer other things in with my BJJ. Ashton coming for you. Yep. Goggins, uh, Smith. Smith Goggins three. Well, reckoning. so the, if that's your end goal, my end goal is, to be healthier through my forties than I was in my twenties, even, you know, and like, it's inspired by having a kid essentially where I don't know who said it. There was a quote or something at some point where it was just talking about like the human body is just so impressive. And so to not try to maximize that and that experience and see what it's capable of is really the waste of a man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting around. I was blessed with, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was blessed with favorable genetics and I just let them rot on the sofa and I drink a bunch of wine and I eat a lot of sugar and I sit around watching squid game. And it's like, what the heck? This is not what my ancestors worked for, you know? No. And, and so I feel that way now having a kid on the way. And it's more so that I can live to see grandkids and all that sort of stuff. Cause I'm having a kid at 40. Um, and so you know, diet and exercise and athletic greens and whoop allowing me to track all that stuff and not only track it, but then monitor the vital signs. If there was actually something wrong being early alerted to it so that you can kind of get the remedy that you need. All of that has become relevant and important to me in a way that simply was not five years ago. What are you going to do instead of Brazilian jiu-jitsu in your life. What are you going to layer in? Are you just are you going to stationary bike? Are you going to get a peloton? I've, I've already started doing it um, months ago, and it's personal trainer at the gym twice a week. Okay, are you so, seeing results? Totally seeing results, and that was something that Lauren had been doing for her whole life. You know, more than two days a week. But when she was walking out of the house four months pregnant, going to the gym at 7 a.m. when I was sitting on the sofa is when it really smacked me across the face that I am no longer allowed to live the uh, sedentary life. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still doing all the hedonism, just not doing the lethargy. Perfect. So, okay, we're, we're, I'm going to go in then. Uh, you're barrel. in on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'll go barrel for you. I'll just do a tangential exercise. Great. Um, barrel or nah, vaping. Nah, in any context, no vapes. This, this flies in the face of everything else we just said, but 
it's pitched to our youth as a healthier alternative to actually smoking. The best, uh, one of the memes that I saw recently that just made me chuckle too much maybe was a cigarette that said, hey kids, here's a healthy plant-based alternative to to vaping. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Or weed, a medicinal healthy plant-based alternative to vaping, vaping. you know? Yeah. I mean, it it truly is backwards. The the people who uh, have those like big vape machines too that are still around, who are like are out like blowing like industrial power plant amounts of smoke into the air. I'm thinking, what are you thinking is happening here? What do you think is going into your lungs? Why are you doing this? Like the amounts of nicotine they spike in those things and stuff too. I mean, I know cigarettes are bad for multiple reasons, including nicotine and all the other chemicals that are in there and blah, 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 blah. But Oh my goodness. What's in those like vape cartridges? No idea. Nobody knows. I mean, some people know, but they don't know the effects of it yet. Yeah. It's It's wild. It's wild that people happily experiment on themselves like that. We, we did when we were young, we, you know what I mean? Like young people just, they don't have any foresight, longevity. They, they don't know, you know, vaping just looks so stupid though. It really properly looks stupid. That's the problem with it for me too is I see people walking through even like indoor spaces. I don't know where I was. It might actually, it might've been the boardroom show. It was the boardroom show. Somebody's walking by and they're holding, you know, what looks like a USB, whatever. And he like puts it up to his mouth and then blows smoke out the side. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Looks so yeah. dumb. It's really um, silly. Yeah. Well, okay. We're both not on vaping. Let that be a PSA to any young people listening right now. Uncool uh, kids, listen to David Lee and me. So the final barrel or not came from a listener dating a coworker. You know, being unemployed, uh, or not unemployed, not working in an office ever. Uh, I don't see what the big deal is. Like, I totally get how you break up and then it gets messy in the office and you don't want to do that. But I don't know why everybody's angling for the uh, worst case scenario there. What if you marry your coworker and then both you guys wake up and go to work and it's all fun because you go to work at the same spot and life is easy and great. I mean, I get the idea that you don't want to be around your partner all the time and having different, going to different work and blah, you know, all this stuff, but I, I don't get what the big deal is. So I'm going to go barrel. I'm going to say, if you like your coworker enough to date your coworker, then date your dang coworker. I'm full barrel, dude. I think this is one of the joys in life. This is, that scintillating energy and feeling of, you know, uh, a crush and the proximity infatuation, like you're sitting there, you know, they're coming like that is one of life's temporary, but great feelings. And so to create a boundary that is just like, no, I'm never going to experience that. I'm only going to meet people at the bar or like, no, 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 no. Enjoy it. And yes, things will get messy, Enjoy that too. That is sure. an equal level of intensity that uh, spikes your dopamine and all that sort of stuff. Uh, going in yeah. after a nasty breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's ugly. It's ugly, yeah. but life is ugly. That makes you feel alive. You know what I and mean? It's, and it's also fun for your coworkers as well. Like you don't want your coworkers robbing you of fun, right? I no. mean, whatever little joys you can get from the office place. Uh, don't you want to see people both get together and break up in nasty ways? 
work generally sucks. And so if you can add sexuality to it and also gossip and also intrigue, all of that, this is all barrel. Barrels all the way around. And if you you do break up and it's so nasty and you just can't go to work anymore, then great. You gave yourself a good reason to quit. Exactly. This is not only barrel, this is Justine's DuPont, Justine DuPont's barrel with the boogie border dropping in and almost taking her down and dodging it. Cause that's what yep. happens at dating, dating at work. You're dodging boogie borders left and right. Perfect analogy. Thank you. Timely too. That just happened yesterday. Um, all right, Chaz. Well, this has been a wonderful show and uh, we promised the people we would be back at album surfboards this week, but that didn't happen. We will be back next week though. I think next week for reals it will happen. Okay. I owe them an email. They were expecting yeah. us today. So Great. Um, Sorry, guys. no, 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 it's all good. Um, but huge shout out to our sponsors this week, athleticgreens.com slash surf. And of course, whoop.com and use the promo code podcast to uh, get surf. 15% off. Wait, is, Thank the, you. is the promo code surf? Yes, it is. Sorry. Um, use the promo code surf at whoop.com. You'll get a free whoop 4.0 strap and 15% off the membership. Big it's deal. a fantastic deal. Honestly. Ain't kidding. And then, Ain't your chain. And then sign up uh, for the subscription for our podcast and win yourself the Timponi Gillespie made in Maui leaf light construction. So many bonuses for everyone. Good times, Chaz. Great seeing you. You too. See you Enjoy in person ballet. next week. Okay. Until then. Give barrels.